Here's Middleton. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh! Run. Two on one. Green the finish. Wow, the alley Turned the corner. Inside! He made Yusuf Nurkic a screensaver. Here comes Murray. Alley up to Gordon. Oh, what a play! All right, joined now by Robert Flom of 213 Hoops, our Los Angeles Clippers correspondent, and really excited to visit with him because the last time we did a show, I was not necessarily super high on what the Clippers were doing. And lo and behold, they go on a 17-4 and win streak, basically, and basically turn these things around. Yeah, uh, it'll probably be 17-5 and after tonight, so we're recording on, on Wednesday. They're playing the, uh, or Tuesday, actually. They're playing the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight on TNT. Um, the Thunder did just lose last night to the Lakers on the first night of a back-to-back, but the Thunder also, um, have the Clippers number are a team that plays in a style that is not advantageous for the Clippers. So I, I will expect them to get another loss. 17 and five, still pretty good though. And Hey, I mean, this is, this is kind of just a different Clippers team. Like this, this could be a team that like you, you get a win. You, you turn some things around already that the team, the team's record at this moment on Tuesday, this will post on Thursday. Uh, 25 and 14 right now, fourth best point differential in the entire NBA on cleaning the glass, fifth in offense, ninth in defense. Like, this is a legit elite team from a statistical perspective. I, I did not think that this would happen. You know, it's funny you say that. Um, just to piggyback off that, I usually use basketball reference and, and NBA.com, um, and I need to use the cleaning the glass more because of the, the filtering out of garbage time. I think on. Um, on NBA, they're actually 13th or 14th in defensive rating because their garbage time units are atrocious. Uh, so um, <laughs> I need I need to get better at using cleaning the glass. Um, ninth sounds better than 13th. I, uh, I just use the one that is most advantageous to the team that I'm talking about. So that's like whatever point I want to make, that's the, that's the platform I go to. Uh, well, I'm guessing for mine, uh, cleaning the glass probably works because, yeah, the, the Clippers garbage time units, uh, we don't need to spend much time on that. They are at- atrocious. They've given up like 15, 20 point runs to other teams on several occasions during this win streak um, to make the scores look closer than they should have been um, really during these blowouts. But the Clippers, uh, you know, as you said, are playing really, really well on both ends of the court. Um, of course, there are things to nitpick, things to improve upon. Uh, but for a team that looked lost to start the year, and then was just playing okay with some ups and downs for another few weeks after that uh, to go on kind of the sustained run of um, a month and a half of of really good play is, is uh, pretty surprising. So I, I don't think you were, um, you know, out of line with anything you said. I just think the Clippers have kind of uh, surpassed expectations of, of most people. Well, I appreciate it. That's, uh, that's exactly the point I was going for. I was hoping you'd go to. Uh, I could never, I could never be uh, attributed with too much negativity on this show. I, I do my best to try to, uh, to try to have some some positive thinking for all. Um, where do you want to go first? Because we could go James Harden, we could go Kawhi Leonard. There, there are a couple of different avenues we could go talking about different rotations and concepts that they've gone over. But which one of those guys do you think has been more, uh, I guess, uh, pushing the success for the Clippers so far in this run? Well, I mean, Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the team. Um, you know, he's been the best player on the team since he arrived. Um, I think just about all advanced analytical, you know, metrics, whether it be BPM or EPM or Darko or whatever, will say that Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the team. Um, James Harden, though, not not far behind. Um, and right. I think if you're talking about pushing the success, 
um, and and just the change between now and what we saw early in the year or the past couple of years? Um, the answer really has to be James Harden because he's the new factor. Um, Kawhi, of course, did not play at all two years ago, and last year was still working his way back. He came into the uh, start of the season like a little bit out of shape, and then immediately got injured again. Um, but you know, uh, James Harden is the different factor. He is kind of the new third guy in the big three. Uh, the first time in this Clippers era that I think they've had a third guy worthy of being called a big three. There have been a bunch of different guys who've been thrown out there, um, you know, and none of them have really, I think, been close to a star level um, capacity. And Harden really has been, you know, again, as always, there are things you you can nitpick. The defense, even though I think it's been fine, is still not amazing. Um you know, there are times that he's still honestly not aggressive enough. You know, it's it's interesting when you think about MVP Harden and the fact that he had a usage of whatever was like 40% and took, you know, 25 shots a game and averaged 40 points for entire months. Now, a lot of the times, my biggest issue is I wish he'd take more shots and kind of look for his own scoring a little bit more. Um, I think he does fall into playmaker and kind of, you know, distribution a little bit too quickly. Um, but it's really hard to complain. He's been extremely efficient. He's even cut out a lot of the stupid flopping and foul baiting stuff. Um, he usually does it maybe once a game and it never works on officials anymore. Um, and it's, so it's really frustrating, but, um, it's made him more fun to watch and it's honestly made him more effective. So he's been really good. Uh, I mean, I, I think Zach Lowe, um, did his all-star conversation with, um, uh, Chris Herring on his pod last week and they said, Harden was really a no-go because of the trade and the um and you know the fact that he, you know, kind of wormed his way onto the Clippers. I, that's fair enough, like whatever floats your boat. I would say in terms of just sheer impact and effectiveness, I think he has been more than all-star quality. Um and adding a third guy of that caliber, I think, is what has driven the Clippers to kind of their their success. Uh, the past yeah, month and a half. And, and I think you can make an argument for all three of those guys as, as to being all-star quality. And with as much as they've each played this year, which I think is, I mean, that's kind of part of the story too, is that yes. load management's just no longer an issue. It's just, this is just not a thing. And it's fascinating to watch those guys really commit to playing. And uh, Kawhi's played as many games as he has. James Harden has played, I think, the fewest games of the three, but he also arrived later. And yeah. uh, and it's just been really, really interesting to see all three of those guys out there. And I think it's really benefited the team. And uh, I, I know that they've unfairly in a lot of ways become the face of this load management, but it, it is nice to see them kind of distance themselves from that. And really like the, the play speaks for itself. Like they, they have been very, very good. Uh, I will say Harden for me, this does remind me of the two times where he was traded and then was immediately good <laughs> on the other teams that he also then was not happy with. Uh, sure. Now this one might be different and it, it might certainly be better, especially with the talent that is surrounding him. But uh, like he's always like, this is best behavior Harden, where you're, you're in the honeymoon phase still, and we'll see how long that lasts. But I mean, early returns are obviously excellent. Yeah. I mean, a couple of points in there. One, the Harden thing is, it's interesting because on one hand, you know, they re-signed Kawhi Leonard to this extension. Um, so yeah. he's locked up for really what might be the rest of his career. I think he signed through like his age 36 season. They're working on a Paul George extension. Um, if they bring those guys back, they're going to be way over the cap. They're probably going to bring Harden back this summer. And as you said, it's very possible he gets unhappy in a year or two. 
Um, but they really just have to deal with that as it comes. You know, this is a team that is built to win a championship. I, I still don't think they're anywhere close to the favorites for that. But I think they at least have a puncher's chance. And right now, you just have to hope, like, if you get even a season or two of, James, of happy James Harden, maybe that's enough to really break through. Um, in terms of them playing, you know, that is an interesting thing because um, not only was the load management or whatever you want to call it an issue in terms of when those guys missed games, the Clippers were obviously worse, but it did also really hit their continuity and the, the chemistry yeah. and the fact exactly. that these guys could not ever get into a rhythm of playing a lot of games together, all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, whether they've been pushed to do that just by the fact that desperate times call for desperate measures and, you know, these guys are not getting younger and they need to win, whether it had anything to do with the, the league's new load management policies, uh, whatever the case may be, um, I'm happy for it. You know, as long as they don't get injured, so far they've been healthy this year. Um, I, I think that it's a good thing that they're kind of going this way. My guess is as the season goes along, if the Clippers are pretty secure in their playoff standing, we'll probably see a little bit more resting uh, thrown in here or there. But that's very common for for all teams um, kind of down the stretch of the season. So um, I, that has been a huge help. And, you know, I, I think Harden, for all the complaints about him, has generally been a workhorse. That's not yeah. something I was I was worried about. And actually, one of the reasons for getting him was that if the Clippers had continued with load managing Kawhi and PG, Harden could have been a guy who does play every game and does kind of carry the load there. But they've all, as you said, really played almost all the Clippers games. Um, if anything, there have been injuries to some of the marginal players. But um, in terms of all-star caliber play, I think Harden has been much better than Paul George. Um, Zach Lowe did pick, I think, Paul George as an all-star. I would... You know, even with all the hesitancy about Harden and and the demanding a trade and whatnot, if you're just basing it purely on on play this year, I think Harden has been better than Paul George. Um, Paul George, one of the streakiest players in the entire NBA, which is something else that could be a uh, a bit of a factor for this Clippers team. Um, but yeah, I mean, all things are clicking right now. They're playing. They're they're healthy, um, and the chemistry seems to be pretty good on on kind of all fronts. Love to see it. This is a a good positive turnaround for the Clippers for sure. Uh, it's not something that I expected in, in the beginning of the year, but I think you hit the nail on the head with our last conversation. I remember you making the case for doing the Harden trade early so that you could develop this chemistry, develop this continuity. And I think that builds in and ties into a lot of this conversation that we're talking about. Just making sure to get it done. And putting yes. yourselves into a position where you could really start to build those lineups together, build those rotations and understand where people like the ball and who's going to move where and things like that. It's It's got to be super beneficial. And, and Harden is one of those guys that really thrives off of rhythm, too, and everybody knowing where he's going to be. So glad to say, like, I, I know Ivica Zubac has been very, very important with that conversation as well, just are there any un underrated aspects of this that we you think we missed on, or is there like is it really just tailored to the big three? Um, a couple of things I would say. One, you mentioned Zoo. Um, I mean, I think Zoo. I, he's not going to get All Star uh, votes, and and nor should he. I, he's not quite that good. Um, but he's hugely important to this team. Um, the defense, the rim protection, the rebounding. Um, the Clippers don't have much of any of that from anywhere else on the roster. Um, and Zoo is really good at all three of those things. He's become a much better passer. I mean, nobody will ever confuse him for Jokic or even a guy like, you know, Isaiah Hartenstein or 
um, DeMontis Sabonis. Like, he's not that level of passer, but he's gotten much better at making those quicker reads out of the short roll and moving the ball and not turning the ball over. He's a good finisher. He has those little hook and flip shots uh, that he can get over smaller defenders on switches and stuff. Um, and we saw, you know, against the Wolves on Sunday, and, and the Wolves are a particularly bad team uh, just because they're so huge. Missing your best big man against them is is not good news. Um, right. But the Clippers really struggled without him. Um, you know, the screens he sets, he's the best screen setter on the team by a wide margin. Um, I think he's probably the most underrated guy on the team. I think you could make a case just in terms of name recognition that he's probably one of the more underrated players in the NBA. Um like not many casual fans probably know who he is or maybe know of him from when he was a really young player on the Lakers. Um, but he is a, a key part of this team. The other thing I will say as, you know, in a vacuum, I'm not a huge Norman Powell fan. Um, I think he doesn't really do much well outside of score and shoot. Um, but I will say that the grouping of him with um, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, and Avita Zubat. So him replacing Terrence Mann um, kind of with the rest of the starters. That grouping has been very, very good um, because of the additional spacing and shooting that Powell provides. It really helps space the floor. Um, he's a guy who in a more simplified role um, where he basically either shoots or um, passes or attacks the rim. Um, it's improved his decision-making a little bit. Um, so there are fewer turnovers and fewer kind of questionable shots. Um, he's been an incredibly efficient scorer off the bench. Um, the volume is down, um, but his true shooting is 65%. Um, yeah. at like, um, yeah, he's, he's really shooting really, really well. Um, and those lineups have been fantastic. Um, you know, I, I do question in the playoffs how much Norm Powell can stick as a guy who I think can kind of be defensively pretty bad. Um, but at least in the regular season, those lineups have been, have been awesome. So those two are, are kind of things that probably aren't discussed quite as much. I like Zubas. He's, he's good. I'm not a big Norm Powell fan. I'm not a big fan of the foul baiting, but I mean, look, <laughs> you, you get one, a guy like that. And that's, that's, you love him on your team and you hate him on the other. So it's totally understandable there. Um, what if anything, cause we just spent a lot of time praising what, if anything, do you still need to see from the Clippers in order to prove that they can win in the playoffs, that they can do the things that like maybe they're talking about doing that maybe you think that they could do, but like still got to go through the Nuggets, still got to go through the, the Thunder or the T-Wolves or a team like that. I think the Clippers are clearly fourth right now in the conference, but they are on track and could potentially be even higher than that if they do what? I think there's probably still another move to make in terms of shoring up the bench. Um, I talked about this with Law Murray of The Athletic on our pod um, a few days ago. Um, whether that player is actually going to be a rotation guy is is kind of up for debate. Right now, the Clippers' ninth man is Amir Coffey, um, who's technically playing the power forward role, even though he's like 6'7 and like 200 pounds. Right. Um, one of the Clippers' big weaknesses is defensive rebounding. Um, Amir Coffey, not a great rebounder. Norman Powell, a horrendous rebounder. Um, you know, Daniel Tice, not a good rebounder for a big man because um, he's undersized. So yeah. rebounding is something that, like, I, I I want them to shore up. And, and in the playoffs, just more of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who are good rebounders for their positions, will help. Um, but that's one thing that I think could be better. Um, and, and in terms of that backup spot, as much as I really like Amir Coffey, he's just not really a power forward. I think that, you know, it, it 
again, improving the rebounding, improving just size and kind of toughness, I think is something the Clippers could do. Um, and again, maybe that's not not somebody who even plays over Amir Coffee like in the regular season, but just another option in the playoffs. Because right now, there their other true power forward options are Kobe Brown, who's a rookie who was in the rotation for a bit and then was pulled because, quite frankly, uh, he was really bad on defense and was not doing a ton on offense outside of spot up threes. And PJ Tucker, who was atrocious and has literally not played in a game in well over a month and a half yeah. um, not even in garbage time uh, and who they're shopping um so i think getting another forward whether it be kind of like a bigger rebounding presence or even like another just spot up shooter a guy who's been thrown around as doug mcdermott as just like a, a kind of bigger shooter type um i don't think he's really available but like an ob toppin sort of a player um off the bench could be kind of interesting uh, so I think just some sort of move to get kind of like a bigger forward off the bench, um, maybe a trade to kind of consolidate the center spot. They have Mason Plumley and Daniel Tice, both of whom are fine. Maybe if you can parlay one or two, both of those guys and maybe some other asset into a kind of sturdier backup center, that could be an option. Um, so I think, you know, in terms of just strengthening overall rebounding, especially off the bench. Um, is something, whether that be through trade or adjusting rotations or just, frankly, better effort and energy sometimes on the glass. That is something that I think, you know, against the Wolves, who are a gigantic team, uh, the Thunder, who are not big, but are very fast and athletic and energetic, and then the Nuggets, who have Jokic, have Aaron Gordon, um, you know, guys who will really attack the offensive glass at times when they want to. Um, you know, I think that's something that the Clippers could continue to work on throughout the season. Yeah, seems like a perfectly reasonable role. There's not a ton of need for playmakers. I mean, Bones Highland's not really getting off the bench anymore. <laughs> no. And that, I mean, he, he seems like a guy that like would be a perfect trade candidate at this point if if you could sell somebody on his upside. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious to see what they ultimately do on the trade deadline. Uh, last thing for you, just what are we going to be talking about in six weeks with this team? Is this win streak going to keep going? Like, is this... Uh, still going to have to learn some things along the way. Where where are you sensing this team's going? I mean, I'm going to knock on wood for no injuries. I find it very hard to believe a team as old and injury prone as this team will continue to be this healthy. Um, you know, I, I'm not necessarily, and I, God, I hope no major injuries, but like little wear and tear. They barely even had any of that this year. Like their main guys have been really healthy. The only guy who's had a long-term injury, who's like even kind of in the rotation is Mason Plumley. Sure. At some point, injuries are going to pick up a little bit. How the Clippers handle that in terms of, you know, how minutes get distributed, how like uh, usage gets distributed, depending obviously on who gets injured, who else kind of steps up. If it's a guard, like, do they dust off Bones Highland? Um, if it's like one of their forwards, like does PJ Tucker maybe get back in the mix? Um, would somebody like Brandon Boston or even like Jordan Miller, who's a two-way guy who's been playing amazing in the G League? Um, like who gets called up there? Again, I, I don't want to jinx them. I, I certainly don't think there's any injuries on the horizon. Just they've been really healthy for a team whose primary players are all in their 30s. Probably not going to hold up, even if it's just a sprained ankle or knee soreness or whatever here and there. So I am curious to see how they deal with that, you know, as the trade deadline approaches. And again, if there is something like that, does that kind of influence their decision making at the deadline? Yeah, circumstances have been pretty good for them to be developing the chemistry, for them to figure some stuff out on the court. If one guy is kind of taken away from that, does that instill a little bit of problems? We've actually seen that with Harden teams before. So 
I'm curious to see where it goes. I mean, we've seen it with the Clippers before, so I don't want to like, put the cart before the horse there. But we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm not – nobody's rooting for that. I, I, I just want to see this team kind of get to that place where you don't – like you, you see what they are at their best form because it, it's been a long time since we've seen what they are at their best, at their apex. And it would be cool to see them get to that place. Um, yeah, so I, I think that they can win. I, I don't know if they can beat the Nuggets, but I think they could beat just about everybody else. Like – every single other team in the Western Conference and potentially the NBA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, the, the Thunder and Wolves have their own matchup issues and both are very good teams, but I would agree Jokic remains uh, the biggest obstacle in the West. And then in the East, um, you know, if the Clippers get that far, they've never made a finals. Um, Giannis and Embiid pose a lot of the same problems in terms of just sheer size and raw force. Sure. Um, and the Celtics are uh, just amazing and uh, have some of the perimeter guys to match up with the Clippers. So I, I certainly don't think they're a favorite. I don't think they're the favorite to come out of the West or, or to win it all. But um, they are in that that inner circle now, and that's about that's about all they can hope for, I guess. All you can ask for at this stage. He is Robert Flom of Two on Three Hoops, covering the LA Clippers for the alley hoop here. Robert, thank you so much for stopping by, man. Let's chat again in about six weeks, all right? Thanks, Ryan.